0: Hola mi gente, what up my people? My name is Pastor Rich Cologne. I'm the lead pastor here at Santos Church, broadcasting to you live from Southwest Detroit, Michigan. Wherever you're listening from, I'm glad that you are listening. This podcast is meant to do one of two things, and that is either bring you our message content or it's content that we thought would enrich our message content. We'll have more information at the end of this episode on how you could get connected with us either in person online or on social media but for now thanks for listening to this podcast gracias para escuchando esto podcast and let's get into it vamos All right, cool. So today we are jumping into a brand new series. This is one that I've been really eager to chop up and start discussing because I think it's one that no matter who you are, it's it's really, really relevant to you. I think it's something that we all know is really important and we talk about quite a bit, but it can also really easily start to fly under our radar and, uh, you know, old habits or uh, jokes or different things can take root or or form over time, and then we become callous to it, and we lose we lose control of it all over again. And if you haven't caught on yet, what I'm talking about is words. So for the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about words. We're, we're calling this series Words Create Worlds. And a lot of it, we're going to be riffing off of content from... There's a spoken word artist. His name's Propaganda. If you haven't heard of him, go check him out. Just Google him or go go on Instagram. Propaganda is a super dope spoken word artist from Cali. He actually just put out a new book. It's called Terraform, uh, Building a Better World. If I could add another subtitle to it, a sub-subtitle. I would call it Words Create Worlds. The whole point of the book is talking about creating a better world and and telling better stories and doing all these things. And, and it really addresses the power of our language, of our verbiage, of our words, um, and the, the power of good storytelling. And so we're going to be jumping into that and kind of breaking that, that down a little bit more as the weeks go on. But today, my goal is just to kind of outline where we're going, right? Not necessarily week by week, but to just set the stage and and lay the foundation for, for what we're going to be talking about when we say words create worlds. Now, growing up, I knew a few things, like catch me on any day. These things were not changing to me. Number one, I knew I loved Hawaiian pizza and other people didn't, So I already knew that I was a little bit different in that way because Hawaiian pizza was the only pizza for me. Number one. Number two, I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado, around the time when John Elway, Shannon Sharp, Terrell Davis, Rod Smith, Ed McCaffrey, uh, they were going at it with all these teams. They were just thugging it out, right? And we actually went back-to-back against the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons. And so at that time, I also knew on top of – how much I believed Hawaiian pizza was the greatest pizza ever. I also knew that the Denver Broncos were the best football team to ever be on the face of planet earth. And number three, one of these things that I just knew, I just knew it in my heart, in my soul, in my being. Number three, you never touch dad's tools. Several times on different occasions, I have an older brother. His name's Townsend, and uh, me and my older brother would get these these crazy ideas where we'd want to go build a, a skateboard ramp, or we'd want to take something apart in the house and put it back together, or you know whatever it was. We just had these ideas, right? We wanted to put together a makeshift bicycle, or you name it, we were doing it, right? Ed, edit, any stuff, legit, and we knew where to get the tools at. My dad, I'll never forget it. My dad had this cherry red craftsman metal toolbox, and it was a stack toolbox. So it had different parts. It was like a, you know, it was like a transformer toolbox where you could stack it together and mighty morph and power range it together. And you had this just huge toolbox and it was cherry red with black drawers. And whenever my dad would leave to work and we were home from school, we'd get one of these ideas and we would convince each other somehow that it was a good idea to go into dad's toolbox and start using his tools. Now, if you know anything about boys, young boys, you know that it would have been a miracle, right? Because it's impossible for us to return those tools in the right way at the right time Every tool and piece and socket and, and size and wrench and all these things accounted for, it just didn't happen. Inevitably, we misplaced dad's tools on several occasions. And what would follow was the same every time. My dad would call us. And he just had this, this tone to his voice. You knew when he was calling you, and it was about the tools. It just had a different sound to it. And if you're a a son, even a daughter, and you you know your parents well enough, you know that voice. And so we'd hear that voice calling from the garage when dad was working on the car or something like this. And we'd go out with our heads hung, and we'd be like, man, here it comes. And my dad would start interrogating us and grilling us on where the tools were and why did we ever think it was a good idea to take the tools? And do you know how important it is that I have all of my tools? And he would start to try to convey to us the importance of having the right tools at the right time for the right project. In short, what my dad was trying to tell us is that he had to have the right tools if he was going to do the jobs that he needed to do. If he was going to get his work done, he had to have his tools to work. Now, you may not be much of a craftsman, como mi padre, but you may get this concept. It's not a hard one to grasp that there's tools for things, right? Like like necessity is the mother of invention, or, you know, they say something like that. And, and that's the case because when you have a need or you have a project that arises and there's not a tool for it, we get inventive. We create tools to meet those needs. Well, you may not have a toolbox. You may not have the cherry red craftsman toolbox like my dad, but I want to tell you today, as we talk about words, create worlds, that you actually did inherit a toolbox of sorts. God, our Father, our Heavenly Father, is a craftsman, is a creative, is a builder. He's the builder of all builders, and He has a toolbox. And His toolbox doesn't look like hammers and nails and screwdrivers and sockets and wrenches and all these different things. God's toolbox is actually words. If you look all through Scripture, God uses words to build things. God uses words to bring life to things. And you and I being created in his image have inherited the same toolbox. We've inherited this thing that we call a voice box and a tongue and vocabulary. We've been able to harness this power because God has granted us the ability to do so. And this is a toolbox that you and I, we all possess. And so understanding the power behind it and the importance of its intentionality is of the utmost importance for us as believers. And so when we talk about words create worlds, we want to we wanna go with the practical application of knowing, man, when, when I misuse these tools, I'm not building things, I'm tearing them down. However, on the other side of things, when I do use this tool set to its full intention and capacity, my words create worlds. They literally shape my reality and the reality that I invite others into when I'm present with them. And so I want to read to you a couple of passages from scripture that show the power, the importance, and demonstrate uh, both how God uses words, but then also show us the the. Uh, standard that we are to operate at when we use words, okay? And so, if you're following along, if you're uh, listening along, if you have your Bible app, if you have a hard copy Bible, whatever it is, go to Genesis one one. I'm going to read you Genesis one one through eleven, but you're going to notice a pattern straight from the from the beginning. And here's actually what it says: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day in the darkness night. Evening passed, morning came. That was the first day. Verse six says, then God said, Let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters on the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. And then he called the space sky and evening passed and morning came. And that marked the second day, verse nine, then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place. So dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed bearing plant and trees that grow seed bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. So you see right in the beginning, the creation, literally the creation of a world, the creation of our planet, the creation of this pale blue dot that you and I live on, God created it and designated where land would be and water would be and where vegetation would be because he said something. He spoke to it. And every time there's a refrain where it says, God said this. There's another follow-up that says, and that is what happened. God was building by speaking. John 1.1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. This this concept of words and wording and, and the power of language and all that is, is so potent throughout scripture that it's even a name that scripture dubs Jesus with. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It's so in intrinsic and, and intermingled in who God is this, this tool of using words that it's even one of Jesus's names, the Word of God. The Word was God. Words are important. In all of Scripture, words are important. Luke 6, 43-45 actually now highlights to us the power of words, not just in Scripture, not just how God uses words, not just how Jesus embodies the power of being the words of God, Luke now points out to us the reality of the words that we choose to use. Verse 43 says this, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of good stored up in his heart. Ladies, same for you, same for all of us. And an evil man brings things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Now check this out. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So you and I were given the power of life and death. In other parts of scripture, it literally says the power of death and life is harnessed within our tongue. We don't possess it in our physical strength. We don't harness it with higher intellect. The power to create life and the power to bring death flows from one source, and that is our speech. Our words create worlds that we live in. And in turn, when we live in community with others, as we should, Our words contribute to the worlds that other people are living in and creating for themselves. You and I, our words have the power to create or influence the reality that other people live in. If you don't believe me, look at the way politics polarizes people and creates echo chambers. This side has all the same rhetoric about that side, and that side has all the same rhetoric about this side. We have Insults and names that we've dubbed on different political parties or politicians, we've had politicians throw nicknames and insults back and forth at each other that now hundreds of thousands of people use to describe those same people all because they heard somebody use those words first. We spoke something about them or we chose to believe what someone said about them. And now we live our life under those beliefs that were all started with words. Those words created the reality that we now live in. If you don't think that's true in other areas... Think about our conversations about music or food or movies. Think about what celebrities co-sign or say about clothes or brands or how to control your money or what to spend your money on. It's called advertisement. The power of words pushes us to do things or to act in certain ways that shapes our reality. Very practically, it shapes our reality and what we think and what we think and the things that we have in our heart is what we act out of and what we speak out of. That verse from Luke, when it talks about we, we do things out of the good or evil store, stored up in our heart, and then our mouth speaks from what our heart is full of. That, that is to say this, our words generate and create and build worlds that we live in and invite other people into, but our words are also a way of exposing the world that's been created inside of us. The world that we've created inside of us with our internal dialogue, with our self-talk, What's living in you? What's coming out of you? Your words to yourself and to others and about others and about things creates worlds. In this series, very simply, we are seeking to address some of the most common and key areas that we let our words create worlds around us. We have to understand and be challenged by the reality that our words have power. Like our, our words literally have power. God, the creator of all things, told us: life and death is not in, in in where you work, it's not in what you wear, it's not in how powerful you are, how much you hit the gym and get ripped. The power of life and death is in your speech. It's in your words. That is a great power. Those are useful tools with the right heart and the right intentionality. Useful to build up and create worlds or misused to bring death and to tear worlds apart. It's a great power. And in the words of the mighty prophet, Uncle Ben, Spider-Man's uncle, with great power comes great responsibility. You and I have great power. And it's what we use to talk. And so this week, as we're setting the foundation... for the the next weeks to come. Over the next weeks, we're going to dive into some, some specific ways that we use words and some specific ways that we can be intentional about how we talk and the verbiage that we choose to use in creating and building worlds, right? But for today, what I want to leave you with instead is a challenge. This week, I want to challenge you to begin paying special attention to your words. When somebody says something to you that you like, pay attention to how you react or underreact or overreact. Pay attention to when, when somebody says something you don't like or don't agree with, how you react, how you respond, what you say, your body language. I want to ask you, what do you find yourself talking about the most? Ask yourself, what is it that you find yourself talking about the most? What do you spend the most mental energy on talking around and spending time building a world around? What is it? Here's another one. Who do you find yourself talking about the most? Is it Jesus? Is it your loved ones? Or do you find yourself gossiping? Do you find yourself... Just hating on people. Do you find yourself critiquing or ridiculing people? Maybe it's yourself that you're talking about. What is that creating around you? What kind of world are you building by doing those things, by talking that way? And what about this? What kind of world is that creating or fostering inside of you? I want to ask you to really ponder those things because it's going to make it so much more impactful in the, in the subsequent weeks as we talk about these things with more uh, specificity. Because as we start to address these things specifically, you'll be able to go back now and address some of those things that you're thinking about and praying through even now. And so ask yourself those things, be honest with yourself, maybe invite somebody else. I, I have a couple homies and we'll do this exercise from time to time, right? We call it uh, blind spots, right? And, and so we give each other permission to be, again, kindful, kind and thoughtful with our words with each other, but then also to be honest and to, and to share with each other some areas that we feel like we're, we're just, we're, we're, we're not hitting it. Some areas that we are. That, that we're doing well with, that we're being Jesus to others, that we're being Christ-like to other people in, but then also to be like, hey, man, I've noticed this area is is lacking, or I notice you might be slacking in this area. Here's some encouragement. Pick that up. Do you need me to pray with you? Whatever. Show, in other words, hey, man, I, I know I can't see everything, every right and every wrong that I'm doing. And so I'm asking you and I'm giving you a safe space to be honest with me. What do I need to give some more attention to? How do I talk? Have I ever hurt you with my words? I'm going to be honest if you've ever hurt me with your words, or if I've observed you be a certain way or talk a certain way, right? Like, let's get in here and let's do the dirty work. Let's let, let's let God really invade this area. Because if words are as powerful as scripture tells us they are, then if we are intentional and purposeful with how we are using them, we're going to start creating a better world. As propaganda says in his book, we're going to start telling better stories and building better worlds. And as image bearers of the supreme creator of all things, the, the creator of all creators, the, the most artful One that's ever been, what more could we want than to create a better world, to tell a better story, to speak more beautiful words about others, about ourselves, and about the worlds that we all live in and the worlds that live inside of us. Let me pray for you. Dear Jesus, I love you and I thank you that you love us so much, that you are patient, that you are kind, and that you... Speak highly of us, that you say good things about us, that you declare things over us, that you promise things for our lives and our future. Your words for us are good. And I pray, as your image bearers, Jesus, that we would do the same thing, that we would model after you, that we would follow your lead, Jesus. That as James tells us, that we would learn to tame our tongues. Jesus, that that we would start to see our words as tools that can build or destroy. And Jesus, help us to choose to build, to tell better stories, to build bigger and beautiful worlds for ourselves and others to live in. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the Santos Church Podcast. We hope that you were blessed by what you heard today and that it moves you towards action and greater faith in Jesus. If you'd like to connect with us more, you can find us online at santoschurch.org. And that's also a great place to give if you'd like to contribute to the ministry and our mission here in Southwest Detroit. If you're on Instagram, you can connect with us at Santos Detroit or Facebook, and it's facebook.com slash Santos Church Detroit. If you find yourself in the Detroit area, we'd love to have you in person Sunday mornings at 11, 1953 Military Street. Either way, hablamos pronto. We'll talk to you soon.